Hello and welcome to the Empathy for Breakfast show. I am Mimi Nicklin and I am your host of a show that travels the world, talking to people from all corners of our planet about empathy, about our ability to connect and to understand each other and how that is changing our world. These conversations won't only unpack the amazing power of empathy in our societies and our businesses, but they will remind us that we are all far more alike than we are different. I believe that there has never been a better time to talk about empathy, to talk about our need to reconnect as people, as human beings. The more the world talks about empathy, the more empathy the world will have. So let's get talking. Hello and welcome back to the Empathy for Breakfast show. Today I'm joined by Yadi Caro, who is a technology consultant from Puerto Rico of all places, and she's worked for the past 10 years in the defense industry with software development teams and customers. Currently, she's at a psychology graduate student at Harvard Extension School, and she recently launched her own podcast called Hardcore Soft Skills, where I met Yadi and enjoyed our conversation so much that I've invited her to reciprocate and join me over here for breakfast and talk about exactly that, Hardcore Soft skills, empathy, and the world of communication. So Yadi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mimi. It's great to be talking with you again. Yes, likewise. I mean, I probably haven't met someone that has so many of the sort of shared opinions um, until I met you. And I think, you know, you, as I said, you have this whole podcast that talks about so much that I also share that I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So let's kick off with the same question that I like to open every show. Let's sort of bring everything into how you see empathy. What does empathy mean to you? For me, empathy means overall the ability to be able to be in other people's shoes, uh, being able to understand how they're feeling, understand their journey. And I see it a lot from the perspective as well, from working with customers in the the IT field as well as a product owner or also in in roles of business analysis, because you have to truly empathize. You have to really understand the problems of the customers and also how do they go about their day-to-day in order to be able to use a software tool, for example. So it's not disregarding how they feel. It's really understanding how they go about their day, how they, what are their pain points, what are their, their happy moments. So all those things, it's really understanding and try to really, truly understand the other person's side. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more, you know, and, and I really like that you brought up that sort of understanding of customers and, and stakeholders and who we create for, mm-hmm. because absolutely empathy is not just a skill about human relationships, but also about marketing and innovation and and technology. One of the big challenges we have in convincing more people of that is that it does have this reputation as a a soft skill. Now, before you and I unpack all of our opinions around whether it is or it's not, what do you think people mean when they talk about soft skills in quotations? What what does that mean when people are talking about soft skills as a skill set? Yeah, because when people usually refer to soft skills, it's usually things that they consider that people either are born with it or that kind of are a given at times. So either those non-measurable skills like the ability to uh, resolve conflict or people skills, the ability to get along with others, um, listening or communicating, public speaking. And those I believe are certainly, yes, there are people that are born with naturally with those skills, just like any other skills or those attributes. And certainly when they, uh, what people sometimes forget to realize is that those are also teachable skills like emotional intelligence, 
intelligence and all those other things. So it's definitely given for granted at times because either they understand the importance, but at the same time, they don't have really a way to measure it or they know it's there. So that's generally what I perceive people kind of describe as soft skills. And they're quote unquote soft because as you have talked about before, they're not really soft skills. They're hard to master. Um, They are very essential for any job. They're just, I'm happy that it's given right now a little bit more protagonism in the workplace and the understanding that it is necessary to have those skills to be able to do a good job in whatever field you're at. So that is generally the soft skill or the way I see it. And I wonder, Yadi, how did they ever get that name? Because, you know, I listened to you then. You're talking about social skills, communication skills, character traits, emotional intelligence. How did they ever become known as soft? I mean, it's, I've been thinking about this, you know, before talking to you today. It's just such a bamboozling question, you know, what makes them soft? Now, of course, you and I agree that they're not soft. Like you just said, exactly that. They're hard to master. They're hard to find. They're hard to be consistent with. And in preparing for our conversation, I read some really interesting data from LinkedIn, their global talent trend report. And what they say is that 92% of talent acquisition professionals reported that soft skills are equally or more important to hire for than so-called hard skills. And 89% of them said that when a new hire doesn't work out, it's normally because of a lack of soft skills. Again, in quotations, soft skills. You know, if you've got the answer, definitely tell me where on earth that name came from. But bigger picture, how do you think the pandemic has changed this perspective? Because that data is showing, right, that HR, talent acquisition, they're beginning to change their mind. They're beginning to recognize that these are critical, which is obvious, really. But how do you think that's changed in the last sort of 14, 16, 18 months? Yeah, definitely a realization that those are necessary skills because we've have transitioned. We were forced, a lot of us, to transition to work from an office, a workplace environment into going back home, into all the pressures of being home and the challenges and how we deal with those challenges. So aside from continuing with the hard skills we have, either to write a new app or uh, build a project plan on things like that, they have to be in coordination. They have to be done in coordination with those uh, other soft skills because of the challenges to either how do you communicate with your colleagues when you're afar and working virtually? And how do you ensure that you maintain that communication? Solving conflict is a whole other thing. Adaptability as well, because now we are home, we are kind of living, kind of not being able to go anywhere. So all those challenges, they all require a different skill that is not the ones that we have in our job on day to day, but we are also required to continue our job. So that's why these 14 months have been absolutely essential in kind of bringing up the the necessity of learning and becoming better in those skills that are not the not hard skills, the, the soft skills as you as we call them. So yeah, you I think it's absolutely it, right? essential. Yeah, <laughs> you can't avoid the term because we've we've sort of become accustomed to it over you know a couple of decades. But it is kind of bamboozling, you know, that these are the skills that allow us as human beings to connect. They allow us to communicate. They allow us to understand each other. They allow us to socially engage, and yet they're sort of pushed aside as a soft thing that's kind of optional, which of course it isn't. And as you said, you know, we, we've been locked inside or at home home during the pandemic. But regardless, when that finishes, these are skills for the future. You obviously started a podcast all about this. I don't think I ever asked you when you started, but tell us a little bit about that. You know, why did you start the podcast? Why do you think it's so important that we have this conversation? And what have your learnings been so far from the guests that you've met to talk about this? Yes. So I started a podcast actually in the middle of the pandemic. It was back in October. And I have thought of the idea because I, before I started this career as a technology consultant, I was a journalist and I've always enjoyed talking 
talking with people and getting to know their stories. So I wanted to continue doing this. And I was always thinking, because in my case, for example, I've been working in the IT field and my skills are not necessarily technical. I think what has brought kind of my success in the uh, IT field has been my soft skills, like ability to communicate, to facilitate and things like that, that I keep learning every day. And I wanted to learn more. So I figured I work with a lot of either software developers, people in the military as well. And they always talk about leadership and all these other skills. And I was wondering, I would like to have a venue that I talk to experts from those specific skills and just being able to understand how a lot of it that at the end of each episode, each person will learn something from that particular skill. And it's been great because I've had like, uh, for example, talking about stress management, a former um, Air Force pilot, and she was uh, talking about how she manages stress through mindfulness. I've had a, a international negotiator, Diana Butu, talking about, uh, for example, the ability, that skill that we need to develop to negotiate. And she teaches that at, at Harvard as well in seeing that, for an example, that it's not a win or lose. It's a kind of like a sharing um, negotiation. It's all about sharing and about um, looking for winning for both sides. Um, also, recently, I've interviewed the um, uh, the author of the Getting Things Done book, uh, David Allen, and he was also talking about productivity and learning, for example, that productivity is not about all just getting a bunch of things done at once. It's about creating spaces and creating a system. So in each episode, a lot of these people have teach a lot about those specific skills and having you in the podcast as well to teach about empathy and the need to have empathy as part of our business strategy. So that was the whole point of the podcast as part of, as I continue this journey as well in school, because as, as you mentioned, I'm studying right now for IO psychology. So I wanted to be able to combine both and being able to present the side that, hey, this is very important that all these hard skills that we're learning and the technology that's surfacing is extremely important to have those soft skills on the side. And I call it hardcore soft skills because it's not just kind of give it an edge that it's not just soft stuff. This is very hard things. And I'm always a fan of the skills as well. And you've worked, as you said, a lot with the military. I, you know, my my instinct as a consumer, as a lay, lay woman, as it were, is that there aren't very many soft skills in the military. You know, you, you grow up thinking that the military is this very tough, hard, kind of masculine, war zone kind of world. But as I wrote my book, I read quite a lot about um, empathy in the military. Mm-hmm. And I wrote about one of my chapters and how actually in the US military in their toolkits and handbooks there is actually mandatory empathy um, in order to connect as soldiers uh, within their own teams but also with the, the people they meet when they're in war zones and that type of thing. Tell me a little bit about how those that you've known in the military and you said you just you know you interviewed a, a pilot how do they feel about soft skills are they are they ready for this conversation do they understand does it feel quite distant for them where are they on the spectrum? Yeah it's interesting and I love that chapter of your book that you mentioned that example because it was great to see and it's interesting to see that when people they're young recruits who enter the military they probably think that it's all about like playing tough and you know shooting and things <laughs> so as you go up on the ladder of of or the the ranking you start seeing a lot more about those skills the soft skills and they emphasize that as well and they try to teach them to their uh, to their teams to their to all their troops and they recruit actually in the military they when I was interviewing another person for the episode episode and author of the book called Talent War. And he was specifying how in the special forces, for example, they do teach, they do actually recruit, not for the knowledge, because people don't come in knowing about all these special operations and all those things that are required. They actually hire people for their ability, for their soft skills, like their adaptability, their humility. And those are actually the principles they use to recruit. They 
elite teams in the military. So as you go higher on the chain and in specialized teams, you realize it's not about being tough. It's about also cultivating those skills. So it's very important. So fascinating. I also did an episode of my breakfast show last year. You you mentioning earlier negotiation, talking about the FBI and the use of empathy in FBI negotiations. And, and there is a, a quite a famous author who writes a lot about that. He used to work for the FBI and he talks a lot about that. So, you know, there's definitely a theme here in some of these very hard edged environments, military, FBI, policing, um, where, you know, these, as we said earlier, these soft skills in quotations are proving now more and more important. Now, last year has been a bit crazy, right? The world has been turned around a few times, continues to to flip a little bit. Do you think emotional intelligence um, in the workplace is going to sort of change in, in those sort of months ahead? And I mean, once we get back to some form of new normal. Do you think that that has changed? Do you think it's important? What's the role of emotional intelligence in a post-COVID world? Yeah, I think the importance of the emotional intelligence has been highlighted a lot during this, since we started COVID and the pandemic and in the future as well, just realizing how we, it is important that we teach because the whole premise of emotional intelligence is that it's another skill that we can be taught as well. And I think it's definitely going to increase in in understanding that the organizations have that this is something that they need to either hire employees for or being able to teach them how to better manage themselves because we realize that we don't know anything. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. There's so many unknowns. So having people in those in those teams that can, can maintain, continue thriving in the crisis is very important and they can achieve that through emotional intelligence. So I think certainly is something that's going to continue increasing in importance. And I mean, that data I mentioned earlier, you know, shows that nine. 92% of talent acquisition professionals reporting that they these skills are equal or more important. So for anyone listening that, that is thinking about this more and perhaps is looking at their future role, promotions, climbing that dreaded ladder that we're all on, um, do you think that these are skills that are key to career progression? Is this something that people should be investing in in order to grow? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's the whole point of starting the podcast and teaching those things because you could be the best software developer out there, but it's very important important that you have the ability to work in a team to manage conflict, that when a crisis comes, you are able to see through and continue. So definitely for any skill that it's a highly technical skill or any other skill, the employers are certainly giving more importance as your statistics show that they want people to be able to have those skills or learn them on the job. So I think certainly is something that if you are already on school for anything that's uh, highly technical, it is absolutely absolutely important to have those things because they will help you thrive in your career because that's what employers are looking for. Mm, and it's, it's a point of difference. I remember reading some data recently out of the US um, that was of, on a software development organization and they showed that the top 30% of the software developers who scored highly on emotional intelligence, so could communicate well, could understand each other, were using empathy and all of these things. Um, they were seeing three times higher out for mm. those people. So, you know, you're right. Not, not only is it just the employers that are looking for it, but we're seeing performance go up from the teams that have it. So, you know, sort of win, win, win. Before we sort of 
uh, begin to close, let's talk a little bit outside of the business world. In a family in, and in a family environment, um, you're obviously Puerto Rican, you're now in Europe, you spent time in various other places. <laughs> How do you think these skills are impacting relationships in the real world? Um, you know, are we seeing an increase of use of them? Are we seeing them being used in, in communities, in society? And how is that affecting our relationships? Yeah, certainly we could always use more soft skills, not only at work, but very importantly in our day-to-day -day lives. And as we have seen, as we have transitioned into this sort of virtual world, it's absolutely important to be able to maintain that communication. And you know, when sometimes when we're in social media and we think we're hiding behind the keyboard and not showing perhaps the best side of ourselves at times. So as we found ourselves at home or not being able to see our loved ones, we realize how important it is to either maintain that communication, to cultivate better communication, even virtually, and also spending so much time at home. How do we manage conflict? How do we build empathy with our family members as well, with our spouses, with our children? So those have become very important because we realize we need to have those skills because we are living a society. And when we, even if it's our small home society, we need to be able to kind of get along and continue thriving and continue being happy, basically. So definitely at home and as a parent, I'm the mother of two boys, and it has become very important to me to try to be able to teach them about these skills and being kind. So yeah, it's challenging, of course, but it's always definitely essential and it's absolutely important. I love that you mentioned your children there because I think as parents, as mothers, to teach our children these things is such a gift. And uh, a school teacher of my daughter's recently told me we were discussing kindness. And, and I said to her, if you can, I would love you to ask my little girl to be kind rather than good. You know, historically, we say, be a good girl, be a good boy. And, and I said to the teacher, you know, if you can, please ask her to be a kind girl rather than a good girl. Because what does good mean? You know, good is different to you, me and anybody else. And she said to me, you know, you're the first parent, I think she said in nine years or something that has ever mentioned it. <laughs> and I just well, that's probably part of the problem, right? Yeah, if, yeah. Our, if our parents aren't open to teaching our children these things, we have an issue with the sustainability around that. Um, Yadi, last question, and it is my favorite question, because if this show is about empathy, this question just seeks to understand you as a woman, as a leader, as a professional, um, a little bit more. If you could share breakfast with any one person, who would it be? Where would you go? And what would you be having? Yeah, that's a very interesting question, because I was, I'm trying to decide, like, who would I invite? Because it's so many people. And like, because I was thinking, for example, if I could have like a whole round table of like the women leaders in the world, like I'm thinking, for example, it won't include even like Angela Merkel or the RBG. If she was a uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she was still around, and also like Madeleine Albright. So all these women that have provided some leadership roles in the world, and it would be great to kind of have share breakfast mimosas or something like that, <laughs> just to be able to have a semi an informal environment where we, I could pick their brain in terms of how do they deal with their day-to-day because -day. it's always said that there's women leaders are actually, you know, they're better leaders because they maybe um, they have their soft skills. So I just want to be able to truly understand how they use them and just seeing things from the other side. So I'm like, I, Michelle Obama, like all those things that I will, definitely women, definitely having a few of them hanging out and just kind of talking about the backstories of what has happened in their particular roles. So something along those lines. <laughs> you know how often that answer comes up? Not exactly the same, but uh, Michelle Obama comes up often. I have to say mimosas comes up often. So there is clearly a trend out there in the COVID world for women wanting to meet with women and drink mimosas for breakfast. So 
So thank you for sharing. And Yadi Kuro, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for everything you're doing to support this discussion around soft skills, around our emotional and social intelligence and driving that into our workplace and our world. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much, Mimi, for having me. And thank you for all the work you do to create a emphasis on the need for empathy in the in the business world. So this is great. Thank you so much. And with that, another episode of the Empathy for Breakfast show comes to a close. I would like to thank IQ Films, who produced this episode, and DJ Ciel for my soundtrack and music. Do join me online to carry on the conversation. I'm incredibly active on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter, at Mimi Nicklin. I would love to talk to you all more. Meanwhile, spread the word, share the empathy. Because after all, the more the world talks about empathy, the more empathy the world will have. I'm Mimi Nicklin. Thank you very much for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you again on the Empathy for Breakfast show.